coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Yeah, all right. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the Doc. John, good to see you. Good to see you. We've had we've had a. There was no UFC this weekend, but a lot of shit happened, and we're gonna talk about a lot of it. Uh, um. James went and visited his daughter in Long Beach. There was fights in Long Beach. Just just so happened there happened to be fights in Long Beach that weekend. Um, Ramsey fought on that Long Beach card. And I happened to be in L.A. that weekend. And I didn't even know Ramsey was fighting. And he didn't know I was in L.A. It was a great, it was a great weekend. Ramsey ended up winning. Um... He's an alternate in the million-dollar uh, tournament. Uh, he ended up winning, beat some Japanese guy. I'm not sure his name, but he won a decision. Um, James got to visit his daughter in Long Beach. She's going to college there. That was the first time I've seen her since she left. It was nice. I know. It's a bummer. It's like eight weeks. So for me, that was a long time. Wow. So it's yeah. good to see her. Good to catch up with her, just hang out for the weekend, and disconnect from everything. Yeah, there's a lot of disconnecting. Yeah. That's good. I got to see Bruce Buffer, and we got to do our, kind of we do a, like a, every month or every other month, we hang out at the uh, at Bulletproof Coffee Shop. And, uh, Where does he live? He lives, he lives by the airport, I think it's... Uh, Figure what the it's like overlooking the ocean. Um, it's not. Uh, I don't think it's something Palos Verdes. No, Palos Verdes is where where we were by Long Beach. Okay, so that's farther. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what it's called, but it's it's like past Venice, Santa Monica. You're going towards the airport. It's at Marina del Rey. It's right? like near Verna, Marina del Rey, but oh, it's uh, up on the hill. It's right there by the hill. Yeah, but so he met you at Bulletproof. He meets me at Bulletproof because he works out at Gold's Gym in Venice, and I love to go to Bulletproof Coffee when I'm in town, and we always get together and hang out. And uh, last time we hung out, we hung out for four hours just chatting about everything. Um, and uh, this so time, did you get to talk to him? Okay, so I didn't know you met Bruce Buffer there. What can you tell us? So he was the only one in the ring at the end of the last UFC by himself. He, he was. <laughs> to announce who won that fight. They asked to do that, and that was... What did he think about them not giving um, Khabib his belt, or Habib his belt? They thought He thought it was a good idea because there was a riot brewing. And he thought it would get people even more riled. Even him announcing solo without either fighter got the crowd a little riled, but if there was a fighter in there, the other side would have gone nuts. And he knew that. And they asked him not to, you know, to to do it without anyone. And he'd never done that before. And he did it really well. I mean, it was, it was a weird predicament. He was, like, right there. He was, like, he was, like, uh, 
you know, Khabib was over here and he was helping him over here and and Connor was over here taking taking punches and then um he was and like he was he in that. the ring during that? Yeah. 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 So he, did he have any insight? Any new info or is he just Nah, pretty much it was just a debacle and it was like a little of I, just like I think and I think we both think I think there's more I think there's a little more blame on one side than the other, but it was equal. I mean, they were just two hot-headed guys, and um, they just were going at it. Like, like um, I don't think anyone really thinks it was that big of a deal if two fighters want to fight, you know. And then I think the the big mouth guy on the the outside. Uh, I heard some stuff like, "Oh, you couldn't even nobody could even hear him, so how could it have been his fault?" I mean, with all that riot going on. How could of um, Khabib hear him? I, I I've been in the cage when there's some serious yelling and crazy loud noise going on out in the crowd, and when somebody's directing something at you and they're standing right at the cage, you can hear it. And if you couldn't hear it, you can read his lips or whatever. But he knew what he was conveying. I mean, the message was conveyed by that Dallin Dallin guy or whatever, Dylan Dallin whatever. And and he got what he wanted. I mean, he got Khabib over the cage. So I think he stirred up Khabib. Khabib is the one that went over the cage, so nobody made him do that. It wasn't he was forced to, but he went over the cage to engage with another fighter. So I think I think um I think uh Bruce kind of felt like that. Um now you should see that jacket he had. That really fancy jacket that some people were putting down on social media. Like, uh... Putting down, he always dresses, uh... He I did. figured he'd dress extra... He, he did. Extra but fancy for that Somebody USC. said it looked like, I'm not gonna name who, but some high-level um, MMA guy tweeted that it looked like uh, he must have taken it off his grandma's curtains. Okay. I loved what he was wearing, but on the inside of it, which people didn't know and he didn't get to do it, he had this, like... It was like uh, on the inside of his, uh, his jacket, there was a picture of Khabib on one side, and it said, you know, Khabib, and the other side was Connor, and it was say Connor. In the back, I don't know why there was anything in the back because you couldn't, nobody could see it, because and it had a picture of them, both of them, like squaring off. But what he was gonna do, like when he called the winner, he was gonna lift this one side open, like if it was Khabib, he would have lifted up the. And the winner is, you know, Khabib, and he would have done that. And if it was uh, Connor, winner Connor, and he would have re- opened that side. It was really cool. That would have been cool. Oh, he, he, was, get to he didn't that. get to do it. He oh, didn't get to do it because that's a letdown. Too much of a, uh, just because too much stupidity out there. So, uh, so where does the stupidity go from here? Man, I don't, I don't know. I think, um, man, I, I, I don't know. I, I think if. Uh, and it's his thing, you know, it's his game. It's, uh, you know, it's Dana's thing. I mean, I mean, even if, if we agree or don't agree, or if the fighters agree or don't agree, it's Dana's call. It's his, he's the president. Um, I don't know if he takes orders or not from the owners, but as far as I know, he's the last word, and he has to say so. So it's whatever he wants, and... Uh, I mean, this is a free country. I mean, it's his thing. I mean, you could, you could want to assume or do this or do that, but unless you have something in writing in a contract, 
Um, he, he's going to call his shots, and, and I don't know what side he's leaning towards. Um, and if, if Khabib is saying, I don't want, you know, you can't, you can't stop my fighter from fighting, I don't know. If it says that in his contract, then maybe he's right. Then he can go to court, and he'll beat uh, Dana. But if it's not, Dana has the right to say that, you know. And, and Khabib doesn't have the right, as far as I know, I don't know his contract, but I don't think he has the right to say, if you don't let this guy fight, I'm not going to fight. If he has a contract that has X amount of fights left on it still, I don't think he has that um, capacity uh, to say that without getting uh, in serious legal trouble. He might not even be able to fight anywhere if he doesn't fight for the UFC. And I'm not saying that, but if the contract says that, and he's just going to be a hothead and say, I'm not going to fight again... He's going to get screwed. Yeah, but he's making it sound like he doesn't care about the money anyway. Right, but 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 it's not the money of not, of not fighting. If he's in a contract contractually, it says you can't you have to you have X amount of fights left with us, then he can't not fight. Or and he definitely can't fight for another organization. There's got to be a no compete clause where he can't go fight for somebody right. else. Right. And and he's already been offered 2 mil to fight in Bellator. Bellator. By by who? Was it by uh? It wasn't by uh. Oh, it's their spokesperson, Fifty Cent. No, I, I thought it was somebody else. No, that's who it was. Okay, so Fifty Cent, and I'm saying it like <laughs> you're supposed to. Fifty Cent, uh, told Khabib he'll give him up two million to fight for, uh, Bellator. I don't think I don't think he can get out of that contract, and 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 so that would that he'd lose more than two million in a in a in a lawsuit. Right, I think the whole thing has got blown out of proportion, and I yeah, don't think I hope so. And I don't think Khabib did apologize at first, but he did some stuff wrong. He should apologize for. Yeah. And the promotion did stuff wrong. They should not keep doing. Yeah. And Connor did stuff. I don't know. Did he do anything at the time of the fight that he shouldn't have done? I don't think so. I, don't know. I, I think. I mean, as much as I dislike what Connor did on the bus, and I think it was a criminal act. I think he should have been. Uh, I think he should be kicked out of the country not to return. I think just like any... We don't want to bring in criminals. That was a criminal, violent act. You could say, well, he's just a hothead. Stick it up for his guys. No, stick it up for his guys isn't throwing dollies into buses that could hurt innocent people that weren't guilty of anything. So that, with that said, though, just like his fights, he talks a lot. And he always, he always seems okay after. It seems like he does most of that talking to sell the fight. I think he went overboard with the bus. But other than that, most of his stuff, I don't see as that, that harmful. Other than the bus. <laughs> yeah, right. except for the bus. That was it. Well, and then there was a time he jumped out of the cage, too, to square off with uh, Jose Aldo. Right. But and, it didn't come to and, blows. Or and anything. even if it did, I don't think that's such a big deal either. Yeah. He's, he jumped over the cage to square off with another fighter. I don't think that's big of a, a big deal. When he jumped <laughs> in the cage for Bellator, um, that was a little bigger deal. But he didn't like shove the ref and get really violent. He kind of it didn't. It wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, it wasn't something that he would have gone to prison with for. I don't think if he would if he did it on the street. It didn't. Uh, I think also some video came out during that fight. 
that Connor, after they broke at the between rounds, Connor basically said, you know, this is just business. Like I didn't, I'm just talking. It's just business. But Khabib took everything very seriously. He did, and took it to heart. I, maybe he doesn't know because anyone watching fighting can see what Connor does. He talks and talks and talks, and then he hugs his opponent after it's yeah, over and does. shows respect. Yeah, does. I don't think Connor or I don't think Khabib. I don't know. I don't think he was aware of that or just got blinded th- by emotion. I don't know if. I don't know if Connor did. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. You guys, if you know more than I do about it, tell me. But it seems like it seems like Connor was Connor before this fight, and he didn't do, you know, really bad things except for the bus. Um, but it seems like a lot of Connor's people were like yelling like terrible things about family and religion, and most people don't really mind that much about religion being yelled at me. But for some reason, that keeps getting brought up. Like, that really bothered Khabib the most. It was his fan. Says something about his dad? Who said anything about his dad? I, I never heard anything specifically, but I don't know. Something about his dad and something about his religion. It was mainly about his team. Wasn't it somebody on his team that was yeah, that's called what a it terrorist? Was. Yeah. I don't think it was his dad. That was someone on his team that... Um, that makes me a terrible person. You know how many people I've called terrorists or look like terrorists? I mean, there's so many. God, I can think of so many fighters. Like, like, uh, like um, I love him. He's one of my favorite guys. But uh, Ramsey, when his hair grows out and shit and his beard grows out, he, he might resemble this a terrorist. Look at him. That's now. Yeah. <laughs> He's a handsome terrorist. But, uh, I, don't but yeah, so. I, I, don't, I don't know. Khabib didn't take it. He didn't. He what do you predict? What's going to happen now? Connor's going to fight again. He fought. He signed like a six or seven fight deal with the UFC. That was the first one. So I think we'll see Connor again. Yeah. 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 And I hope we see Khabib again. I just, maybe I maybe really he'll do. fight Mayweather or something. I hope. Else. I hope. Uh, I hope this gets. Uh, I hope this gets. You know. Made made. I hope everybody makes up. And was gets, anyone that's been watching the UFC actually shocked at what happened? Like. You know, everyone says how disgusted they were. So disgusting. Was anyone actually shocked by any of that? I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't either. I, wasn't, I don't think it. It took, wasn't shocking. I don't think it. It got taken to a level of shockingness. It was. It was bad, but it wasn't that bad, and I don't. I don't think it was a huge deal. So I hope. I hope. Uh, I hope Khabib fights again and, and fights soon. I don't. I don't think he'll be fighting. I think Connor. I think he'll be Connor, nine out of ten times. So I don't. I think. That's a done deal, but my hope is we see the Tony Ferguson Khabib fight finally. Yeah. That would be great. Mm. That'd be something to look forward to. It would be. It All would right, be. what else is going on? There's some Bellator fights. We got some Bellator fights. We got a, we there got are two our... back to back in the same I know, weekend. I know. I didn't watch any of it, so tell me what tell me what I missed. Well, I didn't see Mitrione. I think he got KO'd by uh, um, by Bader. Yeah. I'm pretty so sure. So they're in the heavyweight Grand Prix. Yeah, and then on uh, one one side of it. So now, uh, now it looks like uh, Bader is gonna fight Fedor, because Fedor beat um, Chael. So Chael. I didn't see this fight. I just read some stuff online that wasn't very complimentary of what of Chael. What? So, <laughs> so you saw that fight or no? Yeah, I didn't see it. So I can't, I can't weigh in, John. You, I'm relying on you to tell me okay, so, what happened. Okay. Um, I think this is um, just as tips. I think if Chael went for 
a little more safety. Because Chael, let me just tell you, Chael can make 85, I think. I know he makes 205 real easy. But the fact that he's willing to just go out and fight a, a, a heavyweight, I mean, that speaks volumes. I mean, most guys in the UFC don't jump up that high. I mean, that's just jumping like 30, 40 pounds, uh, uh, you know, weight against him. Um, now you're fighting a legend like Fedor. Now, Fedor lost a few, but now he's been winning like six or seven in a row. Um, so his, like, you know, his, his invincibility factor has stopped, kind of been coming back, and he's been knocking out a lot of people. So, okay, with that out of the way, um, it showed a lot for, uh, for Chael to fight him. But the weight just, the weight was just, it was just too much. I mean, he just got thrown around. Like, I mean, he was trying to take him down. He just got like, got, just kind of thrown around. Like, like when a little kid is fighting a man. But then he got him down and he had him in half guard. And who was in half guard? Um, he was, he was, uh, he was on top. He was, Chael was on top. Okay. And it looked like he could have stayed there for a while. Um, not doing much damage, but at least holding him down and maybe even realizing that I could, you know, you could win the fight from that position. Uh, you know, uh, Randy, Randy, Randy Couture used to get a lot of, a lot of those wins from that position because it's a stable f position. You can't do as much because you don't have control of your hips and you don't have much distance um, and you're having to hold yourself up, but you do have something. But then he decided for some reason... Because he's Chael, and he wants to turn into a... He wanted to finish Fedor. So he like, instead of just being content with the half guard, like a lot of people would have, he goes for a mount. And as soon as he goes for that mount, uh, you can tell Fedor's just waiting for that. And he explodes, he reverses the position, gets on top, and... and... Is it ground and pound stoppage? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First it round? Was, it, was the, it was the first round, but it was like at the end of the first round, and... Um, it, Chael just got overpowered, but he just kept coming back and trying and doing it, and, and you know, Fedor is, Fedor is big, you know, and, and uh, strong as hell, so, so Chael didn't win that fight, uh, and then uh, Benson Henderson fought, I don't even know the guy's name, um, but he looked freaking good, man. I know there were some uh, quick knockouts in the Yeah, this one was a decision, but he was a one-sided, uh, it was a really good, uh, I think it was two, yeah, it was a really good fight. Um, so yeah, Benson Henderson fought and, uh, and Feeder. I didn't see, you know, many of the other fights. I just tuned in to watch, uh, basically to watch uh, Chell. That's our guy. He was on the show. Yeah. So yeah, he he got he got beat, but anyway. So I don't know. I think feet, uh, uh, Peter. I think uh, it seems like um, Bellator's. I don't know, man. They're getting a little better. Some of their 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 their. Well, I'll tell you what I did see from that fight, and I'll agree with you on that point. Is after the fight, <laughs> um, I saw some clip online somewhere that Fedor gave Chael like a tracksuit. <laughs> so it After. showed them backstage exchanging gifts, like being all cordial to each other. What a difference from a week ago. <laughs> so but, I will give the Bellator that. But 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. But and Chael, Chael is really good at selling fights, and he's really good. Uh, you know, like um, McGregor, I think he's a little more tame than McGregor. I think he's a little more. Uh, he's a little more methodical and a little more. Uh, he uses his brain a little more. Cerebral. I don't know if cerebral is the, the word, but he's just funny. When he, his shit is, I think he's more like Ali than, than McGregor. McGregor's a little more nasty and he's pretty quick with his wit, but he's not, you can tell his, his IQ is nowhere near Chael Sonnen. Chael, Chael Sonnen says some funny shit. Like the, he said some really funny shit when, you know, when he was fighting, uh, you know, some of his opponents and, uh, He's he's really fun to listen to, and uh, he usually backs it up. You know, he's he's not o- always the most exciting fighter, but he's always there to fight, and he always brings up his skill set, and and he and he gives it his all. You know, so fighting a guy like Fedor, I mean, how many light heavyweights, small light heavyweights for that matter, because Bader's a much bigger light heavy than Chael is, but how many like small light heavyweights would fight someone like Fedor? That's like I don't know. That was pretty crazy. So, kudos to him, and I and, uh, hope he's all right. It looked like he was all right after the fight. So, the next fight's the, they'll be for the championship of that, correct? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, that'll be the next, uh, I don't know when that is. but So, that'll be a fight to watch. So, that will be a fight to watch. So, so, so what did you hear from, what Ramsey have to say? So, let me tell you about this weird story. I go down to Venice Beach, because we go down there every month or so for a, uh, just a getaway. It's like a mini vacation with my wife. And uh, just when I'm pulling up to our, our hotel, I get a text from Ramsey. He's like, hey, what's your favorite place to go in Venice? And I was like, that's random. Because he didn't even know I was in Venice or Santa Monica. And I didn't know he was in town. I thought he was in uh, Utah. So I wrote him back and I told him and I said, and it's weird you ask because I'm in, I'm in Venice right now. He's like, holy shit, so are we. So we met up with them. They were like, they're like a half a mile from where I was. So we met up. It was a place called The Fish Enterprise. Uh, it's really a good little restaurant. It's called The Fish Enterprise. It's on Kenny and, uh, and Main Street. In a, I think it's considered Venice, maybe Santa Monica. I don't know. Um, but we went there and we ate. And he was there with his girlfriend, his brother, um, and his, his training partner, Nate, um, and we ate and we had dinner we hung out. It was so much fun. We were just goofing around and talking and telling jokes and Ramsey's got such a personality. Um, so we, we had, we had a great time and, and, and um, he already had a co- you know, he had, he already has corner there and he's already been signed in and everything. And, um, so we decided that I wasn't going to go you know, do the corner, and I definitely didn't want to go if I wasn't going to work his corner, because, because uh, I went there for, with my wife, so, just to hang out, so we ended up, uh, um, you know, just parting ways, and then he fought Saturday night, and he won, and uh, he was, uh, he was a, uh, he wasn't, he's not in the tournament, he was one of the, uh, what he calls, alternate, Al- yeah, so he's not in the tournament, um, he, cause he lost his last one, so he wasn't in the tournament anymore, but he was an alternate and they needed him to fill in. So he filled in and won. So that was good. Another kind of interesting thing was, um, that was pretty interesting. 
Then I went to uh, Bulletproof to have to have our our usual uh, coffee and chat with uh, Bruce Buffer. My wife and I love hanging out with Bruce Buffer, and Bruce Buffer loves hanging out with us. Mainly my wife, because he has a lot of, like women. He has so many women; it's just crazy. But they talk about some of his women issues, and he like she'll like answer some questions for him and. Uh, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny when we're talking. But then some some douchey chick comes in to this. It's like a little patio or a little, you know, a little place where we're having our coffee. And she's playing the guitar and singing and asks us for money. And we're like, no. And we're talking and she starts playing louder and singing louder. And Bruce was like, uh, we're trying to talk here. Can we like talk? So she moves and starts playing next to another couple and asked them for money. And they said no. So they so she goes, well, if you, if you don't give me money, I'll, I'll sing louder. So she starts singing louder and playing louder. She looks like she was wearing like fucking couple hundred dollar boots and shit. She was dressed pretty nice. Um, and when the guy goes in and he gets the manager. And the manager comes out and sit, tells her to leave. So she actually physically, physically spit on this guy. The guy that, you know, the, the patron. So she spits on him, like spits. It actually went on his clothes. And we were just sitting there just thinking, what a despicable piece of shit. And so she leaves. She walks away and the guy starts yelling at her. And he's like, what can you do? I mean, you can't do anything. I mean, so... Uh, she left, and and that kind of put a damper on everybody who was sitting there. That poor guy had to like wipe off his, you know, clothes. He had food, and they, you know, nice. The bulletproof place was actually nice enough to bring him more food, a whole new plate, because this stupid, vile piece of shit spit on him. You don't know what a bitch like that has. So it was. Just, it was just. It was. It was kind of weird. So. We ended up keeping talking and hanging out. We ended up, you know, parting ways, and that was great. And then uh, the next morning, I get up, go for a jog with with my beautiful wife on the beach. And about three thirty, four o'clock, we start heading back to the hotel, and we see some guy kind of lying on the sidewalk with his legs in the road. And it's a fast moving road. It's called it's called uh, Nielsen Way. It's right there in Venice, and it's like cars are going 50, 60 miles an hour. It's a, it's it's kind of like a, a, you know, it's a free, it's a highway or a thoroughfare, and people are going pretty fast. And this guy has his legs. Cars are beeping, having to go around his legs. So like, I I go over there. I was like, I I moved him. I said, bro, you gotta move. He was so drunk, um, he had no clue where he was. He wasn't being rude or anything. So he tried to move a little, but he. He was like, tried to sit up, and then he was like leaning like he was going to fall into the road. And he would have been run over in a second. So Heather and I were like, we're like, okay, well, we did our part. We start to walk away, and Heather turned around. Heather's a mother. And she turned around, and she goes, we can't leave him. That's, this does not look safe. There's nothing, there's something wrong about this. So we ended up, I ended up getting him up, uh, moving him away from the road, and... And I called the cops because I didn't know what to do. Is a homeless guy? No, he's he didn't look homeless. 
He had a he had a, a Apple Watch. He had a brand oh. new Apple X Ten or whatever. He had a, a nice. Um, he had nice clothes on, and he had a, a iPad in his back backpack. I think he was just drunk or drugged. We didn't know at that point, so we didn't know. But he was out of it, so we called the cops because I just didn't know what to do. I just wanted him taken somewhere and sobered up. So when the cops got there, I, I just something realized that this guy is not a homeless guy. He probably has a good job, and if the cops take him in, they probably won't just let him uh, sober up. They'll probably book him or arrest him, drunk, uh, drunken in public or something. And I just can't. I, then I thought, I don't want this guy to lose his job, lose his future. You know, I don't know who he is, but I didn't want to do that. And and either did my wife. So all of a sudden, I told the cop, you know what, man? Can't you just take him to sober up? And the cop said, no. If we if we take him in, we have to book him. So I said, well, then forget. It. I'll just take him. And the cop said, you already called us. It's too late. And I go, no, I'm not going to let him go. I'm going to sober him up because I don't want him to have a record. He might not have a record. So the cop looked at me and he was like, lucky for me, he recognized that I had something to do with fighting. And he like, first thing he, said, he looked at me, he was like, okay, I know you're, I know you're a, a fight trainer. So what if you were you know, training a bunch of guys like this? What would you do? And I was like, I'm going to take him. And the cops, the cops said, you know what, man, I'll let you. Man, you're a good Samaritan. I said, I'll take him. So my wife and I take and him. And this guy. And this guy. <laughs> I drag him to a, a, a coffee shop. It was like the Coffee Bean Coffee Shop on Ashland and Maine. What a nice, good place. They're very good Samaritans too. Um, so I take him in there. He's still drunk as anything. He was telling the cop. The cop asked him, where do you live? He said, he said I live uh, 20 minutes from here. He goes, Where? He goes, Mountain Mount View. Mountain View is like seven hours away up past San Francisco. He thought he was in San Francisco. He had no clue he was in Santa Monica. So the cop was like, well, if you can get him home, if he only lives like 20 minutes from here, why don't you call an Uber for him? So I was like, that's a good idea. So I look up, the, my, I was going to use my Uber. It would have cost me like 20, 30 bucks. So I look up my Uber, and we put in the address and shit. It would have cost 750 bucks. <laughs> So I was like, wait a second, I think there's a problem here. So and he couldn't answer any questions. He goes, no, I live right up there. I, I'm, we're in San Francisco. And the cop goes, you're drunk. And he goes, as drunk as he is, he still had a sense of humor. He goes, I do not appreciate you calling me drunk. <laughs> and he was so drunk, it was funny. But, um, but so we walk him to the cop leaves. What a nice guy. I know you're not watching this, but if you are, thank you. Uh, so we walk him to the coffee bean, and we give him some water, and he still doesn't, I mean, he doesn't, he has no clue where he is. He has no clue what's going on. But he was, he had enough presence of mind to unlock his phone for me. Because I said, unlock your phone, I want to look, look who your contacts are. And he unlocked it and gave it to me and went back to sleep. Um, but anyway, before we went there, he had to go puke. So he went by a, 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 um, a dumpster. He didn't puke, but he fell asleep. So my wife and I thought, okay, he fell asleep. He'll sleep it off. He'll be fine. Because we've been in this. We've been, we have like two hours invested by now. And my wife and I let, let him sleep it off. So we start walking away. We saw a couple of like homeless predatory type people that 
that looked like they weren't too nice. And I looked at my wife, and my wife was, we had the exact same idea. We were like, we cannot leave him here. He's too vulnerable. And he's some, somebody's going to steal his watch, his iPhone. His, they might just beat the shit out of him. So we said, we can't do this. So we walked back to the dumpster, and then we picked him up, and we brought him to the coffee shop. Um, I went through his phone. I found a, a, I found a number that looked had the same last name. So I called it, um, and some girl answered the phone, and I said, Hey, do you know who uh, so-and-so is? And she goes, Yeah, that's my brother. I go, Okay, well, I'm in Santa Monica right now, and he's very, very drunk. He can't take care of himself. Do you have anyone that can pick him up? Because if not, i got to take him back to our motel, and he's going to have to sleep it off on our couch. And that's going to really dampen my romantic e- e- uh, evening with my wife. Because we have big plans when we get back to that room, let me tell you. Too much info? <laughs> but anyway, so she's, oh my God, oh my God, are you serious? Thank you so much. I'm going to be right there. I go, would you say right here? Where are you coming from? And she's like, Irvine. I was like, that's not right there. You're gonna, it's going to take you like an hour or two. She goes, I'm on my way. So four hours later... We've been dealing with this guy. Such a nice guy. He was nothing but respectful. So drunk, but he was funny the whole time. Um, uh, and, and they came to pick him up. And they were so grateful that we did that. that you could tell they were such a good family. This guy has a great job up in Sil- Silicon Valley. And the, the mom was telling me about it. And just what how nice it was. She can't believe I would do something like that. And there are people like that in the world. And... Thank you so much. And she was so... And my wife and I were so... Uh, it was so emotional. It was really emotional. Because we both have kids. And we were just hoping that somebody would do that for one of our kids if something like that happened. And, and we were so happy that we were able to help this guy. And his family was so nice. So when we get home, we get a call. They already looked us up. And the, they've already Googled me. And, and, and now they know where we live. His family... She's already called ahead and got me a gift certificate for Ember. Oh, nice. Because she realized, that, I guess she called Aurora Grandi and just said, like, you know, or Googled what's the nicest restaurant. Because Ember is, like, the nicest, most expensive restaurant in town. So she already, she already Googled that and got me a gift certificate. And um, she called me, like, she called my, me and my wife three times last night, just apologizing over and over and telling us how grateful she was and it was it was just unbelievable so he's back home now in silicon valley he he, he flew back home um and what happened was he flew uh into la from silicon valley and and or you know up near san francisco to spend some time with his uh his mom and his dad who's just turning 70 and, and so what happened and he met with an old friend who wasn't much of a friend. We all realize that now. But I guess she encouraged him to have a shot of tequila, which he was not much of a drinker. He's a lightweight. And I guess after the shot, he felt kind of woozy, but then he took another shot because he thought didn't think it would do much. He doesn't remember anything after that. I, I talked to someone from the bar he was in. I guess he had another, like, two or three shots. And they said he just left. And the person he was with, that piece of shit person he was with just took an uber and went home by herself and didn't even think of him left him left him out i mean out cold 
I mean, this guy was out. When I first picked, met him, got him, he didn't even know where... Can you imagine not knowing where you are? I can't imagine not knowing where you are, thinking you're in a completely different city. He could have easily stepped into the road. He could have easily got his legs run over. He could have easily fell asleep and been mugged and then wake up and then have somebody just, one of these guys just beat the shit out of him. So many bad things could have happened. And my wife and I were so emotional that we could help him. And I'm not really that nice of a guy. I'm really well, not. I would have really expected this story, if, if it turned out this way, it would have been an animal. <laughs> because John's known for... Saving animals. I, John's known for running in the highway, out of moving cars because freeways. there's a dog in the road, including on the 101 freeway, which is our biggest road in town. Is a we saw a dog once running <laughs> in the freeway, and the cars were beeping, and I, we were going the opposite way, and I had my wife pull onto the shoulder. I jumped out of the car, run, r- jumped over the the pile, you know, the 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 middle, uh, the the cement the divider, yeah, the divider. I jumped over, ran into the road while cars were like. You know, I got this. Oh, I didn't get the dog, but the dog kept running, and I guess, I guess the dog ran. They finally caught it, but. Uh, but we were. Go- I think we were meeting you sometime at dinner, and we were driving separately, and we see your car pull over, and then you're running in the road trying to get a dog. I think it was on Grand, but <laughs> trying to get a dog. So this story would have made sense to me if it was an animal, but I can tell you, working in Los Angeles and working at LA County Hospital, the number of people drunk that are get their legs run over because they're laying in the street. I've seen that multiple times. Or just robbed or beaten, senseless. And then they all end up in the emergency room drunk. They don't know how they got there. Broken legs or broken whatever from being beat up. So I'm sure you save that guy. And you save some poor orthopedic intern somewhere from being up all night working on that guy. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, that guy that would be you know in rehab for who knows how long. And, and, I'm, and I'm really happy that... He didn't just get scooped up and taken into the system and get uh, yeah, written he would, up. That would have been all right, but him getting run over, and his I, legs run over. Because he had a job. I'm not going to talk about his job because you know I don't. You know his anonymity. An anonymity. You're close. It was close. But anyway, <laughs> but I don't know. An arrest might not look good. Like if he's climbing the top, I don't. I I don't know. But it would have been much worse if he got run over or somebody just beat the living shit out of him and stole his. His really expensive stuff, and uh, what a nice family, what a class. I mean, just what a decent group, and, and it's like you could help someone. I love to help animals, but and I don't usually help that many people unless it's you know help them get a world title or something, but um, or get in shape. But this guy was definitely worth helping and his family. And it's rare for you to travel and not come back with some sort of human interaction. You know, we went, I went in out of town. I interacted with my family and, most importantly, my daughter, who I hadn't seen in a while. John always travels out of town and is interacting with humanity. It's weird. It is weird. <laughs> every trip. Every trip. And my wife... So is, if you come back without a story, I'm going to be disappointed next time you leave town. Oh, believe me, I won't. But my <laughs> wife, who's more of a... She's more, you know, quieter, I am, quieter than I am, and she's not as outgoing... But she was all over this, and she she really took a instead of letting me take the lead, like when I was gonna walk away from him, she like she she like grabbed me. And she said something not something isn't right here. We gotta help this guy, and I was like, really okay, and 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 she was really she was in all the way. She wasn't like saying, come on, you let's go. This is my vacation. She was like 
she was really into that's helping awesome. this guy. That's awesome. That's a cool so that story. That was a good story. So good story. that's all we got. But we're going to go teach now, and uh, well, I'm going to go teach. He's going to go train. Uh, we got some UFCs coming up. We got uh, we got some good shit coming up. Um, but if you guys have any you questions. You know what is coming up? What's coming up? Is Derek Lewis is fighting already again. I think we talked about it last time. He's fighting Daniel Cormier. Apparently he said he's making quite a bit of money to fight DC. So we'll see how that goes. I think, I don't know. My money's on DC. We'll see. Yeah, and... Just if it goes any distance. I don't know DC. I don't know. I, I know DC, but I don't know Derek Lewis. And he could be, you know, the, the whatever. Could be a douchebag. But he comes across and he seems like such a fucking down-to-earth, transparent, decent guy. He just seems like that. Yeah, I agree. He just seems like a decent... And if he catches DC with his oh, right hand... please, DC. Keep that I hand hope, up. Yeah, jeez, don't... I hope DC does not get hit with that right hand, that truck. Keep this drilled like this. Just keep this right here. You can do whatever you want with your right, but keep your left hand and your chin tucked. You should be in that fight like this. Man, just don't even... Get a takedown. Forget using your left hand, because the second it drops here, if something lands here... Oh, please. And he'll try it, as we saw. And his like he'll do it over and until he gets it. He just does it over and over. I'm scared for DC from that right hand, but I am too. Other I, than that, it, it'll be interesting. But DC is such a high level. He D, DC is like the highest level athlete there is. This is right know? after Derek Lewis saying, "I don't deserve a title and fight." I, goes, I got no gas tank. I don't deserve a title, but he's getting one, and he does deserve it. So. We need more DC. We need more. And the way they interact with each other is so refreshing. We need more DC and Derek Lewis. Oh, yeah. Pre guys, right, exactly. They're going to be respectful at press conferences. All the way. And that's what we need. More of that, less of the fucking douchiness. So speaking of that, uh, I listened to this guy. I, don't, I never really knew much about him, but Jocko uh, Willink was on a podcast, and he talked about his book, which you've probably read. Uh, I want to read. It's called Extreme Ownership. And, I have it. And owning, you know, owning when anything goes wrong. And you can look at an example like the president of the UFC, everything goes wrong. He didn't own any of it. <laughs> He's When you're the top of a corporation or the top of your business, even if you only have three employees, the buck stops with you. And it was just an interesting perspective to hear that guy talk about because he was he was in he comes from a military background. He's a Navy SEAL. He has, he has one of the most successful podcasts. He wrote a really successful book. He's been on Joe Rogan a few times. I'm gonna check out his podcast. Yeah. Anyway, but that idea of extreme ownership and how it applies not to just to the military but to running a business. I think most fans would have loved to have seen the president of that corporation take some responsibility, even if it's not your fault. Not just to pass the buck and blame everybody else. I just, I, the world's got enough of that. Like John Maxwell says, when something goes wrong in your, in your sphere, you should always look in the mirror, and it's your fault. And when something goes right, look out the window, and it's other people that did it. And, the, and people that like that, you'll hear people that lose a fight. And, or, or, and the first thing they'll say is, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. But then there's that person that'll lose a fight say, I fucked up. And when some people win a fight, ah, yeah, yeah. And then there's certain guys like, I want to get my coach and my training partners and my this. Some people like to give the credit out 
and don't take the blame. And some people are the opposite. And it's so refreshing when the people that actually did it and do great, and they give all the credit to other people, and then when something goes wrong, even if it wasn't their fault, they take all the blame. And that's what that book's about. That's, and those are successful people. Yeah, like like Jocko. Uh, Jocko's a, Jocko was a freaking... He's a war hero. He's yeah. a Navy SEAL war hero. i got to check out his podcast. It yeah, sounds... Yeah. I just heard it for an hour, but he sounded fast. Share our podcast, because everybody should watch it. And listen. All right. Till next time, man. All right, man. Good to see you.